Hi there, this is Jack Miller with T3 Experts, and uh, I'm here today to talk to a gentleman that I've been working with for many years and uh, both good friend and client, uh, Lindsay Reichman. And Lindsay's company uh, went through a pretty uh, dramatic change in his uh, business just recently uh, in uh, that his company was acquired by uh, New York real estate company, Urban Compass. And uh, I've known Lindsay for a long time. We've, we've done a lot of work together. And I wanted to just uh, do an interview with him to capture uh, his thoughts and, and the process he's gone through over the past five or six years and how he arrived at uh, this, uh, this remarkable result and uh, what he's going to do next. So, uh, Lindsay, are you with us? I am. Excellent. Great. So, um, well, let's start at the beginning because I, I know, you know, I know your story, but I know that the people listening um, are going to be new to you. So uh, tell us, who was Lindsay Reichman uh, circa, you know, when you and I started uh, talking back in 2008? Tell us a little bit about where you started. Uh, well, I was the same man I am today, but in terms of uh, professionally at the time, I was at Caldwell Banker. Um, so I was at a larger firm and running a uh, relatively small sales group where I think I had two buyer's agents and two staff, and we were doing about uh, $30 million in transactions, so 60 transactions, about $30 million in sales volume, and was just trying to figure out how to get to the next level and um, felt like I needed additional resources and started to, to seek those out. And I think that – I forget, actually, when we met, Jack. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. Time or – yeah, I think we met. Um, I was running a, a coaching program that was at the time was affiliated with uh, Keller Williams Realty, and I was coaching some other sales teams. Um, Sue Adler. That was about the time we met, because yeah, yeah the, I mean, I remember that we met down there at the at the Keller Masterminds, and that would have been, I think, when I started exploring my options on where I was going to go mm -hmm. next, which mm -hmm. puts me right around 2008. Yeah, perfect. So, well, tell me. I mean, you said you wanted to do more. You need you wanted to get resources. I mean, what what were you motivated to do? What did you have? What were what was in your mind at that time that you said I want to do more? Like, what what motivated you? Uh, I mean, I've always been driven by in improving the client experience, and I felt like there was an opportunity to deploy my resources towards that end better than I was at the time, and so. My original intent when I started the brokerage was not necessarily to grow into a, a larger platform, but more to service my existing clients better. Um, so that was that was step one. And then once I went down that path, I found that that perhaps there were some benefits from scale, and we could go um, by by taking on additional agents and by expanding the services that we were offering agents, we could we could make that client experience even better. Very good. So, and, um, and I think that's where, you know, you brought some of that narrative with you in 2008 when we started talking. Uh, and I, I remember, you know, the parts of it that I remember were, you, you know, you talked about, um, you know, wanting to create better client experiences. You talked about wanting for people, people to have better access to information. Um, you know, you had a strong sense of what a good customer experience looked like from your perspective. And, and it was just about how it was about improving that and people having, having a better 
um, relationship with you and with your brand. Um, can you give us some specifics? I mean, what are some of the things that you knew you wanted to add or improve about the business that you felt like you needed to get help with? Um, so there were, I mean, there were a few things. One was just being able to expand the staff. And so going from having one person who wore one hat to being able to have multiple people who could have greater specialization in their mm -hmm. departments. Yeah. And that's where I saw that scale could help. And then, you know, another was the ability to really work with uh, some top minds, yours included, in the industry. And I felt like I needed to be careful about how my, my money was spent and um, that by going off on my own, I felt like I was able to put my resources towards accomplishing what I wanted to. So, uh, and I think that, you know, I definitely remember that one of the first projects we worked on was our website, which at the time was pretty bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you, you said it, not me. <laughs> you definitely got us uh, from pretty bad to, to decent at the first swipe, I'd say. And then yeah. when we came back yeah. around years later, I think we really got it pretty good. Yeah. Um, and I can't remember, you may have also, you definitely helped me in, uh, set up the customer relationship management program, and at the time I was using Top Producer, and you helped me make sense of that and put it in a way that, that would work and was scalable and that I could train others on instead of, at the time, it was fairly scattered. Um, yeah. And then over time, I eventually switched out of that platform but kept the same yeah, the mechanism core. and the same... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, skeleton. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Got it. And then um, tell me about, I mean, I remember uh, talking to you in, because we worked together for a year 2008. I think that's when we did some web work and got your, you know, some of your systems and your client communication in place um, and, you know, started the the skeleton of a lot of the programs that you still have today. Um, and, and then, you know, while I was busy being an executive at another firm in Austin, um, you know, you and I would just, I, I think you'd pick up the phone or I'd pick up the phone and we were, we'd end up talking probably, you know, three or four times a year. Uh, and, um, you know, we talked about a lot of different stuff. So I'm just curious if, if you remember some of those conversations we had, I've got some, you know, my memory of them, but I'm, I'm curious what happened after we did the work in 2008 and, and kind of where you went to next, which I knew it involved recruiting agents and bringing people into your business. Yeah. I mean, I, once I went off on my own, uh, and decided that I wanted to pursue more of a, a larger brokerage, um, that I wanted to build it out, not just run my sales group. I remember, I mean, we had a, a number of good conversations about what what is the perfect brokerage. And I know I was very interested in the work you were doing. And I do remember actually debating quite a bit how prominent you allow agents to brand themselves. We had a lot of discussions around yeah, that yeah. and uh, the importance of resources and what resources agents really needed versus what they did not. And so, you know, in a lot of ways over the last few years, I have continued to cultivate what I would consider would be deemed the perfect brokerage. And by all means, we've not accomplished that, but I like to think of it uh, like a democracy that, you know, by it's not perfect, but by pursuing that concept, you get closer to yeah. uh, what, what would be deemed perfect. 
I, yeah, I remember. Um, I remember talking a lot about are there required services? You know, do we have everything go through? You know, your transaction department. What kind of you know what does the company provide marketing for the agents? And so there are a lot of questions like that 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 we worked through during that time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, um, uh, that's my recollection as well. Yeah, and and then I think the other piece you used because I remember us talking a lot about it as well, and I know you're doing it today. Is uh, is is your your neighborhood strategy and um, how you work with your agents to pursue neighborhoods? So tell me tell me a little bit about the evolution of of the neighborhood strategy. I'm trying to remember. I mean, I I got my. I had success early on as an agent by geographically farming and carving out a, a niche for myself. And so I did feel, I've always felt strongly that that made a lot of sense. And I guess, I mean, part of what you and I talked about is how to take that concept and apply it digitally and, and build out neighborhood pages and give agents a way to pursue that more electronically that's my mm -hmm. recollection but yeah. it's definitely a big piece of it of the core concept is that I think agents you know generally speaking we want to allow agents to be great at what they do and so fundamentally that starts with stripping as much work off of their plates that doesn't have to do with the important interaction with clients as yeah. possible yeah. right so yep. let them be agents first and then so the next step in that evolution, I would say, for agents is to develop some area of expertise. And it doesn't have to be geographic, but that's one that makes a lot of sense for a lot of reasons. Um, mm -hmm. And that's what I see typically as the agents develop and evolve in their careers, that they take on some niche. And mm -hmm. I think that makes sense because they're adding more value for their clients by doing so. Yeah, absolutely. And tell me about, I mean, I know, but I'm going to ask the question so so people get to hear your answer. You know, if it, based on what you've built in the brokerage and, and the work that, that we've done, um, you know, if, if an agent joins you today, what, what do they get? Like what's, what's their, you know, why do they come over to Reichman Real Estate now, Urban Compass uh, DC? Uh, what is it that they receive? Um, and, and, you know, tell me a little bit about that and, and how that all works. Well, I'll start with the more touchy-feely element of that and then get more specific. But sure. generally speaking, I would say to begin with, they get a brokerage that really cares about their development and who feels strongly that their relationship with their client is the foundation for their business. And so mm -hmm. they're going to get a whole group who's working to make that better. And that, that means they get professional development and guidance from me but then they also get an administrative support staff who's there to help take a lot of the work off of their shoulders that is, is more administrative and allow them to focus more on the client relationship. So specifically, that means we, we take care of running around and putting up lock boxes and signs. We put together pitches for, for buyers or sellers um, that are, they're trying to win their business. Um, we do listings. Uh, we take care of all the work to put it into the MLS and create the uh, collateral and just get that to the property and do it in a way that looks great. Um, we've got a full-time video person. We've got a full-time blogger, uh, full-time marketing person, and then a full-time contract to close staff. All of those people pay for 
a la carte. It's all optional. They don't have to. Uh, they don't have to take on those services. It's just there when they need it. Mm, yeah. And do you do you find that your agents? I mean, I, I again, I know the answer to this question, but do you find your agents use the services of the staff more often than not, or do you have people that are middle of the road? I mean, what, where do where do most people fall with those services? Yeah, yeah, people use it. I mean, that the contract to close, for instance, we have seventy five percent adoption. So mm-hmm. uh, people pay per per transaction to use that service, and um, they see value in it, and that's that's critical to the whole concept in the approach is we're never going to mandate that agents use these services because the way I look at it is if they're not good services, they shouldn't use them. And, <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, the, yeah. the impetus is on us as a company and as a brokerage to create great services that people want to use. And that's, that's the right way to get people on board with any sort of improvements that you're trying to provide. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I do want to go a little bit deeper on, uh, cause I agree with that. I think that it, you provide really good services and, and it solves the problem. I mean, most of the, um, top producing agents, if not all of them, you know, the, uh, what I find is that, um, what they need to be more productive is good help. And you're, you know, by assembling a team of really good help, people that can do the details and the, you know, the marketing, the videos, all the stuff, uh, that's actually one of the best ways to help a productive salesperson because all of them, that's where I, I find that they get hung up is they just, it takes time to put together a team of people to do all of that at a, you know, at a good quality level. So, um, so I can see that being valuable, but I, I want to dig a little bit deeper because you've got, you know, I think a lot of people might look at your brokerage and go, wow, that's a lot of staff. I mean, I, I know that, um, for instance, I, you know, I know other companies that, you know, multi-office companies with, you know, a lot more agents than you have that don't have as much staff as you do. So tell me a little bit about your staffing and, and you have some roles in your organization. I think um, other agents or brokers might not have considered and talk to, talk to me about the staff and, and how you staffed and how you found them and how you put this team together. Um, so I guess one point just to touch on what you had said is that mm-hmm. I do think there's an inefficiency with agents having to try to find, identify, train, and manage their own staff. It, all of that takes them away from having valuable time with their clients. And so yeah. I do think that's one of the most compelling factors of what we offer is that agents see that they're able to come in, tap into the resources they need when they need them, and therefore not take detract from their desire to grow their businesses. And we've had great success with agents being able to do just that, um, which is really gratifying. But uh, the, and that's really actually how we sort of went about the process of growing the staff is as a salesperson, I looked at the needs that I had and, you know, I was a student of this as well and looked at groups across the country and identified the areas where there were things being asked of me that took me away from valuable time with my clients. And so we basically just went through that process and we kept trying to take things off of my plate so that I could focus my time and effort on the most value added elements Mm -hmm. of the transaction. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. once we established that for myself, it's been a collaborative effort. I mean, as agents have come on, we continue to identify and learn the points of friction and then customize the, support for their their needs and you know part of what i've found too is agents will pay for it so it's Mm -hmm. a scalable model 
yeah. because of that. So yeah. We have a core suite of services that everybody we think benefits from, but then outside of that, as as long as there's enough of a need, I feel confident that it we're, we will make money if we implement a solution, and that's the approach we take to keep it as a to keep it evolving and not become stagnant. Yeah, that's very good. Um, and so, and what I heard was there is that, you know, basically you, you found the services for you <laughs> that met your needs as a top agent. And then have just, as you've grown the company, just extended those to everybody else in the company so that they could, um, you know, receive that help that was so helpful for you delivering a higher level of service to your own clients. And that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. so let's go back to the offer. Cause we talked about the, the, you know, the services and all of that. So an agent, an agent has access to, you know, mentorship and professional development, um, has access to services and, and, you know, full-time professionals. And, you know, you've got a full-time videographer, full-time blog writer who writes, you know, three to five articles a week from what I see, um, you know, for full-time marketing person. Um, what else, what else do they get to, to help them do their business? Cause I know you do besides just access to the staff and, and their services, there's, there's other parts that you're doing for them. Uh, give me some guidance on where you're going with this question. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'm looking for, I'm looking for direct mail. I'm looking for websites. I'm looking for, you know, I'm looking for the other stuff that you do. Cause you're, you, you do all that stuff. So, yeah. So similarly, I've sort of, we've tried to think through in the life of an agent when they start from point A and get to Z, how do they grow their business and then provide tools that will help them along the way. And so when you and I worked on our website, I do think we put a lot of emphasis on the agent pages. I remember you saying that that's one of the most viewed pages on a website. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, you know, I don't think it's necessary for agents to go off and build their own website from day one if the brokerage can provide a beautiful site that helps them present themselves professionally. And so we focused on that and then allowing that to be a medium where agents can start to build a little bit of a niche. So we have agents, uh, agents are able to blog and um, where we tag it to them on their page and that gives them some exposure within any area that they're trying to develop expertise. Um, we do have a social media platform where we can help them with social media. And then over time, we have a marketing person where we can customize a, a direct mail campaign around their needs and also just a farming campaign in general. So if they say, I want to be an expert in this specific geographic region, we have a roadmap that they can tap into and, and uh, mm -hmm. utilize. Yeah, and I've seen your direct mail pieces. You've got a, a pretty good library of direct mail that, um, you know, if an agent says, I want to go after this, and, and you basically partner with them on, you know, creating the campaign. And then um, I think you have you have a staff person that just runs the direct mail campaign for them, if, if I'm remembering correctly. Yes, that's right. And I think I think you helped craft a lot of the messaging, if I recall, on the yep. direct mail pieces and some of the collateral that we have that's available as a yeah. Yeah. I remember that. And that was part of the neighborhood when we talked about the neighborhood strategy and, you know, what you wanted to do for neighbor, you know, how you wanted to approach neighborhoods, both for yourself and then uh, later for your agents. And then, um, you know, this past year, I know, you know, we did a lot of work um, to kind of elevate the brand 
uh, and the offered agents further. And so, you know, uh, we added uh, the agent, you know, the agent website project, uh, which we did where now agents can have a much more custom, you know, website now. Um, yeah. Talk, talk to me about and, that. I mean, I, I could I could tell it because I built it, but I'm interested to hear your kind of your take on that and how that's gone over with your team. I thought it was great. Honestly, it's been one of the things that's been fun, too, in talking to urban companies because I think they were very impressed with what we built. Um, but the general concept is that as an agent evolves and they're ready to start branding themselves more heavily, we'll create a, a page on their behalf and then with with your help and also um, Gearbox, also Matt Dolinger helped us with this project a little bit where the um, there's an RSS feed. You're going to have to tell me. <laughs> yeah. There's an RSS feed, right? From yeah, there's an RSS. We went, we went around and around on this for a while. <laughs> it distributes the content onto the site, and then the yeah. site can push it to MailChimp, and MailChimp has templates where it auto populates the newsletter and then distributes it distributes it to their uh, database. Do I have that right? Yeah, that's right. So I'll <laughs> I'll give the sum up. So an agent here's what here's what we built. Uh, and, and I do think it's it's a really nice piece. And I'm not saying that just because I built it. I think that uh, and Matt, you know, obviously and I co- collaborated a lot on this. Um, so an agent at your company can spin up a, a site and you also run a neighborhood um, news site that's a high-frequency news site called District Source. Really cool. Uh, you have a full-time blogger that writes these articles about things happening in all the neighborhoods in Central D.C., which is a great source of content. By the way, if you're listening and you're in the D.C. area, you should check it out. Um, and uh, that content we can then push over. If an agent says, hey, I'm a specialist in that neighborhood, that content can go automatically onto their website and then automatically into a weekly you know, neighborhood newsletter or a client newsletter that goes out to their database of clients or anybody that's subscribed on their website for, you know, to learn more about that, uh, that neighborhood. So it really just makes it a uh, turnkey for an agent to have, you know, a great niche branded neighborhood website with a content program and an email newsletter, um, all just, you know, wrapped up in a bow, um, for them to just step into and use. And of course they can blog on top of it if they want, but that's, that's what we built this year. And I, I think, I think, Again, it, it, I, I did help build it, and I think it's really cool. So, <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, and I am appreciative of that because it's uh, it was an area where I think what I found was that agents just weren't getting, they weren't doing yeah. it consistently, yeah. and it is an important piece I think because it keeps you in front of, of your past clients and uh, also helps you reach people who you don't know as well, and so you're out there and it just falls through the cracks sometimes, and so this is a way of automating it, which and and still providing good content that's yeah yeah that's useful for the receiver useful and i mean i mean you have a full-time your full-time blogger she goes to all kinds of community meetings and learns about new developments and i mean i see the stuff she writes and um you know you guys are in some ways a better local news source than a lot of the professional media there just because you have a person to go just like a newspaper would you have a person to go send to a city council meeting and you know write up what happened you know i i I will say that was one of my big personal breakthroughs that was useful mentally to me. And I think it came from Inman when I first went to Inman back Mm -hmm. uh, 2010, 2011. And I know we talked about it a lot, but the, the concept for me that helps is everything that we do 
if we look at it through the lens of improving the experience for clients, mm-hmm. um, then we do it. And if it doesn't do that, then we don't spend the time and effort yeah. on that project. And so District Source came from that where we thought, gosh, we could spend a bunch of money and try to compete on advertising ourselves, or we could try to provide content that we think would be really cool and our clients would enjoy receiving. And so yeah. we opted for the latter because it seems to add value in the relationship more yeah. than just sort of promoting ourselves. Yeah, I, I think the the listeners would be interested to know that, you know, Lindsay actually does very little, um, you do very little, you know, what I would call traditional, um, you know, internet advertising in terms of, you know, portals and lead buying and, you know, um, you know, lead generation websites. You've tried them. I know we've tried them, but um, you've pretty much abandoned all of those in favor <laughs> of it. Well, and, and rightfully so, yeah. because I, I think you're you know, your value system is reflected in your brokerage. And, and I think that it does work better. It's worked better for your business to focus on that local content and connection and customer experience. So, yeah. And I think, you know, I remember listening in to one of your webinars where you all talked about the idea that different agents work differently and have different secret recipes for success. And for me, that's just not, you know, that's not my thing, but other people have been successful with it. And so I, I just, I feel like I do better with the funnel that I just described where everything I do, I'm trying to sort of add value for the client and that experience. And as a result, business comes from that. And um, that feels good to me and works for me. But I think there's a lot of different ways to. It's a virtuous, yeah, virtuous value cycle where you're creating value for the community. You know, because you can spend ad, ads don't necessarily, in most cases, usually don't add value. It's, you know, it's it's I, you're just competing for eyeballs. But what you're doing is creating real, you know, content value and readership and all of those things, which are, you know, I, I think um, are more valuable long term. So the other thing I like about it, too, is it doesn't go away. It doesn't go away. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, you're sort of building something that seems to build upon itself and you're not starting back. Uh, from scratch and yeah. whereas advertisement to some degree you could argue that you build a reputation in the brand and there's, there's truth to that but there's always been a part of me that felt like the money went out the door the ad gets thrown away or the impressions get passed and then that's gone and, yeah um it feels different to me doing it the way that we're doing it currently well, I, I think it's it's one of those things that builds momentum over time. I, I look at so you're a classic uh, in our quadrant system. You're a, you're a classic type one, which is a networker, um, you know, agent who works, you know, really works the people that they know very well. But what you've done is in your brokerage, you've shifted over to quadrant four, which is you become a marketer, and and you always had a marketer in you. That was an orientation you had, but you market the neighborhoods and areas and local content and information. And instead of being a lead converter, lead converter will spend money to uh, generate leads to convert them, which you're right. You get that return one time, um, you know, when you do spend the advertising dollars, but when you do marketing, you build up, you know, assets and resources and websites and content and things like that. And you kind of, it's in, it's more like investing because it produces a return over time. Uh, and over time it becomes more and more valuable. And I think you've, you've done that. And I, I, I'm sure that's one of the reasons Urban Compass was interested in you because that's a very different move than a lot of other real estate companies. Um, so very well done. 
<laughs> Thank you. So, so let's talk about um, I, I, let's talk about where this has gotten you to. You know, we we uh, you know, we've talked a lot about some of the projects we worked on, and there's projects we skipped over. You know, we we made your site go mobile. We you know, you you uh, we got Rodrigo, who's your director of technology. I hope he's a director now. He certainly can do a lot of stuff. Stuff <laughs> yeah. for you. Yeah, we got him. He's really super capable in your business. Um, we replaced your web, you know, whoever was doing your web stuff. And now he, you know, so Rodrigo's got a, a free hand to be able to do what he wants. So done a lot of investing in the business, a lot of capabilities. Tell me where, you know, we started working in 2008. In the beginning, you said that you were selling, you know, 30 to $40 million in real estate, a small team, Colwell Banker. Where are you going to end the year at in 2014? What is the, what does this year look like in terms of production and agent count? And, and what is your enterprise? What does the Reichman enterprise look like today? So we're up to 26 agents, uh, 13 staff, and uh, we'll do about $275 million in sales, which is about 550 transactions. <laughs> well, I, I would hope that some of our people listening, uh, that their jaws have hit the ground because mine almost did. Because <laughs> that's, that's exceptional. I mean, that's a, I mean, that's a in, 10x. In fairness, I mean, it, we have pursued the path of more of a traditional brokerage. And so, sure, sure. You know, a lot of that growth has come from adding new agents and agents sure. who bring their own book of business and who are, who are great agents. So, but, right, 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 but we're right. proud of it and excited for sure that we've grown steadily over the course of the years and um, can continue to, I think, provide a great service, but have been able to, to really. Yeah. Uh, well, you've yeah, you've attracted talent to your brokerage. And one of the things I've noticed, and I've, I know it just because I've have been obsessed with, you know, your agents, your agent roster and your, the agent pages and all that is, um, you tend to keep the agents that join your company. I mean, they, they stick around and that that's actually in a very competitive industry like real estate, um, hard to pull off. And, uh, so I, again, I think that's an area where you've done, done some things. Right. We have, uh, we have had success there. And I do think that's a benefit from this structure that we've created because, I mean, if you can add value for the agent and you can continue to reinvest in your business so that you can add greater and greater value, then it gets hard to walk away from that. And, you know, not that our agents would want to, but I feel like we would be difficult to replace at this point because they're able to get this whole suite of services that right. for them to do on their own would be yeah, very tough. cost prohibitive. Yeah, um, very and, tough. and really, we don't have any great we don't have any real competition in that marketplace right now in our area, I would say. Yeah. Well, and so tell me about, so, so all of this led to, um, you know, urban compass, which is a, a, you know, venture backed company in New York that's been doing really well up there, uh, in developing their real estate empire. Um, they contacted you earlier in the year and I, you know, you had said, Hey, I'm, I'm having some conversations with these guys. Uh, and, and express interest in, in um, you know, doing an acquisition or conversion. Tell us about that process and, and um, how that happened, uh, you know, whatever you're allowed to tell, uh, and then what that means for you now. Sure. Um, I, so, I mean, at the time when I first met with Urban Compass, I really I was not aware of who they were, and I was not looking to sell uh, my, my brokerage, but I was trying to figure out, how to grow it and uh, recognizing that we had maxed out the space that we were in and so we were going to need to take on an additional physical office. We, I felt like we would need some management brought in and some uh, greater bandwidth in terms of staff and so 
you know, there were going to be some challenges there that I was trying to work my way through. And then I, you know, I went, I was intrigued enough to stop by their offices in New York. And once I saw what they were doing, I, I was sold on the fact that that was really the only solution. I mean, it was the best solution by far. Um, mm -hmm. So they, I mean, it's a perfect marriage, I would say, that they, their vision for what a brokerage can be is the same as, as mine has been, which is that we can take more and more off of our agents' plates to let them be better and better and have a great client experience. And if you do that well, you will recruit and retain the best agents in the business. And so we feel like we can now go out and accomplish that. And, and through this acquisition, I now have resources that are way beyond my uh, what I could have imagined, and uh, it's going to be fun. Yeah. So you're. So this isn't a uh, sold it, I'm out move. It's. Uh, it's no. I've. I've. You know, sold it. Uh, diversified your. You know, your personal investment that you've made in this brokerage for so many years, uh, and now are part of a much bigger thing, and are going to go. Now you've got some real resources to do some cool stuff. So even. even more cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Well, that's, that's definitely right. Like yeah. I was. That, that would not have worked for me had I pursued it. I was not looking to transition yeah. out. I was, I was looking for how do we make this even better and um, felt like I found that solution. Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> that's terrific. This is, it's kind of an entrepreneur's dream. It's like, okay, you, you do well, you, you, uh, you know, you work hard, you invest intelligently and, and smart, you get, you know, help and then you uh, produce some success and a result. And then, you, you know, now you, more doors are open for you to do more of it with even more help and more resources and, and uh, vision and people that are aligned. So how, that's just super cool. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. It's uh, the work these guys are doing is really impressive. And, uh, you know, they've got some of the, the best and brightest working and they are well-funded and they've got big, big vision for what what brokerage can be so it's a it's a exciting group to be a part of at this point very cool well Lindsay, um super cool story uh very and i've been just it's been a real privilege uh to work with you all you know over these many years and to see your investment pay off um you know i know that there's i'm i count myself among many entrepreneurs who you know, in, in the, through the dark days where you're not making a lot of money or you're working really hard, you're trying to produce a vision. Uh, I, I think it's great to have a success story to point at and say, look, you know, keep uh, working with what you value, create things that you think your customers will love. And uh, that does pay off. And, and so I think that you've, uh, you've joined that group for me. Uh, and it's been just a, a great having a, a, a near to the front row and occasionally front row seat for that. So um, thank you. Well, Jack, I appreciate it, and thank you because uh, you have been a big help along the way and a, a big piece of this, and I am excited for where we are, but also uh, appreciative of all the people who have helped us get there. So, um, yep. But thank you for all your work. You've been great. Well, you're so, welcome. For anybody listening, I didn't realize, just for the record, I didn't completely realize we were on a podcast, but now that I do, I'll <laughs> say that for anybody listening, the uh, – if you haven't worked with Jack, it is a great experience, and he's got a bunch of exposure uh, to, to different groups and people who we've been able to draw upon all of that, and I think he's been very helpful in thinking things through so, and, and putting them into real action. That's Excellent. my plug. <laughs> 
Well, thank you for the thank you for the plug. I didn't ask for that, but thank you for it. Uh, I'm glad you gave it. So, uh, Lindsay, again, I you know look forward to to talking to you more as you uh, expand expand the Urban Compass Empire in uh, DC and beyond. Uh, and you know, let's I can't wait to see what you're gonna do.